Yeah, uh, hip hop and jazz. Uh, yeah, yeah, hip hop and jazz. Jazz, hip-hop, bond-like fusion Slow grooving sounds that get the crowd moving So for your amusement, we come to play A little Kenny G, a little Miles D, a little Sade I get busy when I listen to this And relax when I hear Coltrane on sax In fact, I feel my loneliness with keys from Thelonious Monk anytime, day or night, week or month So don't try to front like it's something you don't want It's jazz music, y'all Yeah it's jazz I can music. this group here all night long Cause it makes me wanna move my feet uh. I really love my jazz When it's played with the hip-hop beat hip-hop and jazz. The rhythm's got me moving, uh. grooving what? All up yeah. in this what? song hip-hop and jazz. What? Add a little hip-hop play It makes me wanna listen to it all night long Hello out there. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Backyard Barbecue Podcast. I am your host, Eric Coolbreeze. Thank you for tuning in for all of you faithful followers. Thank you. I appreciate you. For those of you who are new to the show, this is your first time listening. Man, I hope you have an awesome experience. I hope that the content that I give you today is something that's worth you coming back and referring people. And as you refer people, you can let them know any platform that you can think of, any major platform, I am there. So iHeart Music Radio, the, uh, I'm sorry, I had a brain freeze for a second, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, all there. You can look the show up under the Backyard Barbecue Podcast. Also, if you have any constructive criticism to give about the show, if you want to just give me kudos for good content, whatever it is, you can also reach me via email coolbreeze at backyardbarbecuepodcast.com. Again, that's coolbreeze at backyardbarbecuepodcast.com. And that barbecue is spelled out as the actual word, not BBQ, barbecue. So I think that does it for that end of everything. So small disclaimer for today's episode. I am no one psychiatrist nor therapist, so don't take the words that I'm saying in this podcast to be true. This is just my opinion on things. Again, I am no one's psychiatrist or therapist or counselor. These are just my personal views. I could be wrong, but I'm probably not. (laughs) So let's jump right on into it. So I have the saying that came from my grandmother and ironically enough, no one, no one else heard her say this, but me. And maybe it was just like a thing that popped in her head at that time. But she was talking to one of my cousins and she was like, you could dress up in that cat suit in front of my windowsill barking all you want to. I know you a dog. And... I was real young because my grandmother passed when I was seven. So I had never heard, to this day, I've never heard anyone else say that except for me, you know. And uh, like I said, the the cousin that she told it to, they don't even remember, but I I never knew what she was talking about, you know, until I got old and I was like, oh, cat. 
dressed up like a dog, <laughs> barking. You know, how I understood it after going through many of life's challenges is being someone that you're not. So that's where we're headed with this today is this cat and this dog or excuse me, or this avatar, you know, everybody, you got social media and you got everybody able to dress up however they want to dress up in a, in a sense and be who they want to be, you know, without dealing with who they are. And, you know, that's the sad part. Like, um, unfortunately this particular episode is being inspired by a friend of mine and, but they are not the only one that's going through this particular stroke, you know? So this friend of mine, they, you know, I haven't known them their whole lives, you know, probably the last, huh, maybe four years or so. And that might be pushing, I think it's three, but anyway, so for the sake of this conversation, because I'm not trying to put them on, you know, blast or anything. So we'll just say that this person's name is Lisa. And then, um, they have this alias name of Mary. So when I met Lisa, I met her as Lisa, right? So somewhere down the, down the line, she wanted everybody to start calling her Mary. And I'm like, hmm, I ain't about to call you no Mary. Like I've always known you as Lisa, like you're Lisa. So, um, later on, I, you know, as I began to meet some of Lisa's friends and we also became friends, then, you know, you hear stories. Like I have my friends that I grew up with and we all have a story, you know, about each other. It's common. You've been around people, you've lived life with. And so. We had these stories and, you know, I'm hearing about her and some of the things I was a little like, man, wow. You know, I would have never thought that particular person would have had that issue or whatever, or that they would have did that or whatever the case might be. I've never been one to care about anything that anybody does with their life, you know, and that includes everybody and includes all subjects all lifestyles, whatever, like whatever you want to be, you be that. That's your life. You got to live your life however you want to live it. Like, I don't care how crazy it might sound to me. It might be the world for you. And I would hate to be, especially if I'm your friend, I would hate to be your friend and on your deathbed. You're like, man, you remember when I was trying to be the lead circus clown? And y'all talked me out of it, man. I just, I really just wanted to do that, <laughs> you know, and the example might be a little strange, but you know, in real life, I just never want to be the person that stands in between anyone and what they really want to do, you know? So whatever you want to, I think everybody should feel that way. Do what you want to do, but be real with it. Be 100 you know, with that, don't start being somebody that you're really, not. you know, it's a difference between working towards something in a healthy way, as opposed to doing it in an unhealthy way and being, trying to be someone that you are not, you know, 
And I would even venture to say running from the person who you are to try to create a person that you are not. So that's kind of like where Lisa and Mary came in. So again, I'm no one's therapist, counselor, or psychiatrist. But in my opinion, Lisa had a lot of stuff going on, right? And instead of dealing with it, Lisa just kind of wanted to excommunicate people from Lisa. So forget about Lisa. Everything is about Mary, you know. Lisa got a lot of stuff in the closet that Lisa needs to deal with, you know. And in a way, I'm not exactly, I don't know all the details of how this works or, again, clinician. But I have heard that when people develop multiple personality disorders, it is a coping mechanism and almost like a safety latch for you, for your brain and for your body. Meaning that there's so much trauma that exists within quote unquote Lisa that your brain had to create Mary in order to keep Lisa and Mary safe because Lisa and Mary still are the same people, right? So like if you've ever watched the movie with a person that has had a multiple personality disorder and they you know, might be with the counselor and then the counselor is trying to bring out aspects about Lisa to help them understand what Lisa and Mary are going through. Lisa starts talking for a little bit, but then she started kind of throwing a fit. You know, like, uh, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. Don't, you know, and that's not to mock, you know, anyone who has, you know, problems, mental health problems, or just giving an example. And so they go through that little episode because their brain is trying to keep them from visiting, you know, certain situations because obviously those situations have been very traumatic and the brain and the body recognize that we need and want to forget about this. You know, we don't want to deal with this. This is too painful, too hurtful. You know, let's just move past. And so, hey, who you want to be? I want to be Mary, you know. Now, it is my opinion from my own studies <laughs> that people can also do this in a very conscious state, meaning that people create these other avatars or other cats, dogs and cat suits, you know, for the sake of fooling themselves and for fooling others. I mean, or not even, I'm not even on the, I'll run that back. Cause I won't say for the sake of fooling someone, but they might just be in the same position of not wanting to deal with the hurts and the pains that they possess. But, you know, in the meantime, one thing that you should realize in that state, if you're trying to be someone else is that every Everybody that you're in contact with, they know who Lisa is. Like, no one's expecting anything out of Mary. Like, you're Lisa to everybody. I know I went through a time frame when I was incarcerated and I got out. When I came back home, I was trying to create this different me, you know, because, again, 
go back to the example of the person who has some mental health issues, maybe multiple personalities. I did not want to associate with Eric Pertit anymore because he held a lot of disappointments, a lot of hurt, a lot of pain, and at that time, a lot of negative publicity, you know, from the things that I had done. And so I wanted to create someone else. You know, I didn't want to live that life of Eric Pertit anymore. I wanted to be, I think I had changed my name to like, it was hard for me to think of an alias name. I, you know, I never really had any alias names like that. So I remember, I think I had put like Ransom Jenkins. It was just, you know, that was my mother's maiden name. I was like, well, I just happy to call me this. And it sounded stupid, but I did it anyway. But point being was that I did it with the sole purpose of not wanting people to know who I was, you know. And at a certain point, I just came to the conclusion that I have to face these demons. You know, I created these demons and I was responsible for them. And I needed to go ahead and do what I needed to do. If people looked at me in a negative light, then I needed to do whatever I needed to do to reverse that. You know, if you pour a drink and the drink has too much alcohol in it, then it's not to say that you need to throw away the whole drink, but you might need to put it in a bigger picture to dilute it with some juice or water so that it it's not as strong. So I said, I just need to put myself in a different environment, you know, a different picture. And once I find out what that picture is, then, you know, I can start working on that aspect. And, but before I got to that point, I also had to spend a little time embracing why I did not, was not too much fond of myself and knowing how that affected me and why people felt the way that they felt about, you know, am I just being very critical of myself or is this actual reality where people don't like me for this? Because sometimes you'd be thinking that people don't like you for certain things, but it's not, they, they don't even be thinking about you. It's just your own subconscious mind and your own guilt that you think that they're looking at you, but they're really not. So I also had to come to grips with the fact that because I did do what I did and the people that did know about it, they had the right to feel how they felt. You know, some people didn't, you know, I've lost relationships with people who, you know, had nothing to do with what I did. And it was like, oh, I don't know if I could talk to you anymore. I just can't believe that you did that. You know, I'm so disappointed. Why? You know, like, I didn't do it to you and, you know, you're disappointed, but again, I understood later in the long run of why those people felt that they were disappointed in me. And some of them, I knew why they felt like they couldn't be friends with me anymore. And then some people, I just did not. But at the end of the day, I went on ahead and took the time to find out um, and to experience those hurts and those pains that, you know, I had caused even upon myself. And so when it came to the name that I was trying to adopt, then 
after I went through that whole process, I no longer wanted to be that person. And so like now, um, you know, my quote unquote stage name, creator name is Eric Coolbreeze. But Coolbreeze came about before, Coolbreeze came about when I was a child. And one of my dad's friends, he used to always, you know, at the Jehovah Witnesses Kingdom Hall, you would see the same people every day, every week, I should say, a couple of times during the week. So when I used to see this one gentleman, he used to, uh, it started at, I remember as far back as maybe six, seven years old, and he'd be like, hey, you know, little brother Purity, you know, look at you, man. You know, you so sharp, you know. That's when they used to say back in the day, woo, you sharp as a tech, boy. And he was like, it's like when you, when I see you, man, it's like a cool breeze that come through here. And so every time he would see me, that's what he would say. Hey, cool breeze. I see you, man. I see you. It was like the little, you know, he probably was in his 30s, 40s, you know, and I'm six, seven, eight years old, you know. So, you know, for at that time for me, for OG to tell me that, hey, you know, you looking cool. Like, and he called me that all the way into my Man, it's been a while since I've seen him, but I want to say at least probably the last time I seen him, at least I probably was about 23, 24, you know. And if I seen him to this day, he probably would still greet me the same. Now, that's something, you know, that was handed down to me that I just, you know, put together. My concern with my friend as well as some other people is that these weren't names that, that were hand, handed down and Trust me, it's much deeper than the just the name situation. It's who you want to be with the name, you know, because, again, maybe your birth name, maybe Lisa has experienced too much and you don't want to take the time to deal with Lisa. And so you just read it for us to call you Mary, but Lisa really needs to deal with Lisa's props, you know, because... It's just never going to be right. You know, you can't build a house with a styrofoam foundation. You know, you might get some things up, but eventually it's going to fall apart, you know. And we always talk about in the black community about building generational wealth. We also need to be talking about building generational health, you know, and mental health is something that's real. You know, we have always, yesterday, had Dr. Chris on the show talking mental health and, you know, the type of services she offers, you know, as, as well as some sex therapy and other sexual things. That's her, that's her forte. That's her, her expertise. But, you know, one of the things that she was mentioning was that mental health is very real, you know, and in the black community, unfortunately, we don't get enough of it. You know, we've been taught the opposite of what to think about, you know, therapy. Black people don't go to therapy. Oh, you know, you just need to, you know, take a walk or walk it off or blah, 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 you know. But there are people out that's out here dealing with real world problems. And there is a, cer a certain group of friends that I believe that most people have. You have your friends that's going to kind of coddle your emotions. And then you have your friends that just tell you how it is. And I don't believe that there's anything wrong with either. Both come with their own value. 
you know, it's kind of like a mom, dad, a good cop, bad cop type of situation. But I implore all of you all to, no matter what, which friend that you are, be true to that friendship, you know. And at times, you might need to do a reverse. If you're the one that's always hard, you might need to soften up and then, you know, vice versa with the other friends. But at the end of the day, your focus is that friend that is in need, you know. Don't look past when people start acting not themselves. Those people be needing help. You know, they be needing somebody to talk to. They need a shoulder to crown. They need to, you know, go outside. Might need you to come to their house, sit on the porch. And sometimes saying nothing is just, and just being in a person's presence might just be everything. You know, I know like in the baby boomer generation, um, a lot of them be like, oh, you know, I don't do that. I don't know what to say to them. Sometimes you ain't even got to be saying nothing. Just be there. You know, I've had instances of just being on the phone with somebody and not even saying nothing. We both just on there, just breathing. And then they get done with the phone call and they just be like, all right, I really appreciate it. Okay. For whatever I did not do, you up, <laughs> you know, but definitely, you know, check on your people. I know we hear that a lot, but just know that people are going through things that you just have not the slightest clue about. You know, when people commit suicide, a lot of times nobody ever even seen it. You know, it was just, it just happened. You know, but those people have been going through their own battles for years and, you know, not knowing how to deal with it properly, not having the, the friends and family that were supportive to, if not help them themselves, get them help, you know, point them in the right direction. And I would say if you do need help in particular areas and you have some mental issues that you feel that's going on, you know, reach out to just, hey, call 911, ask them for, you know, information. If you, if this is something that you go through every blue moon, you know, just have some, a couple of numbers on deck. You know, stay in the Chicagoland area, just because she was just on here talking about it, Dr. Chris Snyder, you know, call, call her office up and, hey, I need some help. You know, there's no shame in needing help. What it is shaming is not dealing with your issues and, you know, want us to believe that you're a cat just because you got on this cat suit, you know. Every time you open your mouth, you're barking, but you got this cat suit on and you want us to believe that you're a cat. Go sit down, take that cat suit off, and let's deal with the dog that's underneath because you ain't going to take that fur off. That dog fur, that don't come off. Who you are at heart, the things that you're dealing with, it ain't going nowhere. It's still there. And just like when, if you had to put on one of those little outfits, standing in the mall and swing a sign around, do that in the summertime. That fur will make you hot as hell. And when you get hot, then you start sweating. And when you start sweating, then eventually you start sweating enough, you start stinking. And then when you take the suit off, everybody knows that you stink. Same thing in real life. You keep hiding those issues. 
you know, you, you know, pushing them off to the side, you know, hey, inside of that little figurative suit, things is getting hot. Eventually, by the time it comes out, because then it starts thinking, then everybody knows, get a hold on that while, you know, and for the record, who cares really who knows, but you can minimize the situations. You know, generally we get some warning signs and hey, we're able to minimize the damage. But, you know, all in all, take time to check on your people, you know, give your people's hugs, give your people, tell them that you love them, you know, and they got to be nothing going on. Just pick up the phone. Hey, I love you. That includes you too, man. You know, you don't have to be man enough to, you know, this dude that you've been knowing for the last 30, 40 years that you can't even say, Hey, bro, I love you, man. There's nothing wrong with that. No one's going to be thinking anything about you if you're a straight man, gentlemen. Just do it. You know, if you got your fathers who have sons that don't tell your sons, uh, I love you regularly, start it. You'll be surprised sometimes how that can help a young man's mental health as well. Just to tell your sons you love them. Give them a hug, you know. And it's okay to hug your sons with two arms. You know, you ain't got to do the little man hug with them every time you see them. You know, give them, we, we are creatures of affection and touch, you know. And so when you touch, reach for your arms and wrap them around your kid, you know, no matter how old or young that they are, they're going to appreciate it. They're going to appreciate it. And so, you know, I leave you all with those thoughts. Let's do better. Let's watch out for our the mental health of ourselves and for our friends and family. Um, and, hey, I was serious. When you get done listening to this podcast, either go hug somebody that you know or go tell them that you love you. That's an assignment for you. All right. Until next time, talk to you guys later. Have a wonderful day.